the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Merry Christmas. Good afternoon and welcome. I'm Jim Stanley. And it's my privilege to be in studio today with Dr. Alex McFarland and Brother Bert Harper. We are going to continue our study this week about 12 indisputable truths. And just a quick recap, last Monday through Thursday, we went through four of those, and those are, you are loved, God deeply loves you, he chose you before you chose him, you are his cherished child, you are not alone, God is always near, whatever you're going through, today he is there. His presence is constant and caring. You are known. God understands and enjoys every little detail about you. He delights in you as you are. Think about that. A God who delights in us. And then you are important. God has placed you at this time for this very moment to have a great and profound impact. And so those are part of the 12 indisputable truths that we're talking about from the Hope and Encouragement Bible. And we're going through those, uh, and we're going to talk about another one today. But Tyndall House has given us some of these Bibles to give away, and we want to do that. And so if you would like to send us an email to word at AFR.net, word at AFR.net, or leave us a message on Facebook, or send us a message through Facebook, rather, then, uh, and include your name and address. That would be very helpful. Now, I'm not doing this on my own. I am joined, I think I said, by Brother Bert Harper and Dr. Alex McFarland. Good afternoon, guys. Well, hello, fellas. It's good to be with you guys. Enjoy this. Amen. Good to be together. It yes. is. And we're in studio. Um, Dr. McFarland has flown to Tupelo, Mississippi to be with us, and we're grateful for his time, and we're grateful for him being here. Mm. Well, guys, today... There, and I want to go back, Alex, um, when we began this last Monday, I asked you what an indisputable truth was. Tell us, as we begin this study this week, what is an indisputable truth? Well, great question. Undeniable reality. You know, the, the definition for truth that, that theologians and scholars would use, truth is that which corresponds to reality. You know, if I said, hey, uh, we're... In the Western Hemisphere, on the North American continent, in the state of Mississippi, on Park Drive, at AFA, mm -hmm. that's a series of claims. And we could look and we could say, okay, that's reality. That's exactly what we're doing. So truth is not just opinion or best guess or preference. Real truth is that which corresponds to reality. Now, now let me throw a quote out here that I've shared many times, but I think it's uh, important because, you know, nowadays um, the, the claims of Christianity are sometimes dismissed as being, well, that's your, your truth mm -hmm. or that's your opinion. But here's the thing. Um, Aquinas said 800 years ago, if anything is true, then there must be truth. And, I mean, there are some things that are undeniably true. We're on planet Earth. Uh, we are human beings. We are communicating. Now, hang with me here, and then I want to throw back to you, Jim. Nowadays, uh, sometimes people will they'll try to deny truth, not because they don't want to know what reality is, but with acknowledgement of truth comes some moral obligations. Mm -hmm. 
if truth exists and truth can be known, then I'm accountable whether or not I live by truth. We don't want to live by falsehood. We're obligated and we're accountable to God. And, and I'm going to say we are morally accountable to God. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have a vested interest in there not being truth because they think that's going to get them off the hook morally. Now, here's my point. People, and I, I guess <laughs> you speak at more than 200 American universities. You kind of, right. you know, you get up to speed a little bit. People use the tools of truth to try to deny truth. Uh, they'll say... Uh, well, n- nobody knows anything ultimately true, and I'm sure of it. And I'm positive that nobody can be positive. And uh, words don't mean things. I mean, I've had professors, words don't really mean things. I'll say, yeah, but you have to use words to even try to set forth. So it's a true universe. Truth can be known, and we're accountable for truth. There's no way off the hook. Mm-hmm. Question is, what are we going to do with truth now that we've been exposed to it? Have you ever heard that truth anywhere, anytime, I mean, it's true no matter what uh, on earth? Yeah, Yeah. for all people. And so we called it absolute truth. Mm -hmm. And relativism has come in to try to do away with absolute truth. And uh, these are indisputable truths that we find from the Word of God. Amen. And uh, the Word of God, the Bible says, it is settled in heaven. And uh, the Bible also says, the truth shall set you free. And uh, it really is. Jesus is that truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So when you look at indisputable truths, you know it's always connected with Jesus Christ. Uh, You are loved by him. You're not alone. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You are known. He knows you. Uh, You remember that scripture that, uh, when Nathaniel was being called about, I saw you when you were standing by the tree. Mm-hmm. How'd you know that? You know, he, he knows those things and you're important to him. Uh, I love that old song when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. Right. Uh, we're important to him. So each one of these that we're going through are connected to Jesus Christ. And, you know, as you were talking right then, I, as we were talking about you were known last week, I forgot one important, well, I forgot many, I'm sure, but there was one person who Jesus went out of his way to meet and told her all the things of her life mm-hmm. to let her know that she Amen. was <laughs> talking about the woman at the well. Yeah. And that would have been great last week, guys. Yeah. But Come see uh, a man who told me everything I ever did. That's right. So you want to know that you were known? then that's how you know, because he does know us intimately, just as he promised. Now, that therein goes with what we're going to talk about today, because not he didn't leave her where she was. He forgave her. Yeah. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The indisputable truth for today is that you are forgiven. God has gave his very life for you. You are free from your past and equipped for the future. Now, I do want to put a caption there, okay? You are free from your past as far as sin. However, there may be consequences that one still has to pay for. All right, if you wrote $1,000 worth of bad checks, you're going to have to come up with that 1000 bucks. Plus the penalty. Yeah, plus exactly, (laughs) plus the penalty. 
you know, and, and so that's what I'm saying. You may be free spiritually, but there may be some physical consequences that you have to answer for. Finding Christ is not a get out of jail free card, but knowing Christ and finding Christ and knowing that you are forgiven is a you don't go to hell card. Yeah. Mm. Well, we are forgiven in Christ. Right. Uh, and so the important thing is being in Christ. And uh, so this this afternoon, as you're hearing this, and you've never experienced the forgiveness that comes through this relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, all during this program, you're going to hear us talk about that. You're going to hear us talk about the forgiveness that comes through Christ. I wanted to read one scripture, and it's in Colossians, and it's verse 13. You being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses or all sins. Now listen, it comes through coming made alive together. In other words, mm-hmm. we're dead in sin without Christ, mm-hmm. but in Christ he makes us live and we have the forgiveness of our sins. And it starts with that relationship, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people say you can't take things to heaven. I've never, have you heard this? Never seen a hearse pulling a you all. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, the old joke was uh, this guy that died and he stood at the gate of St. Peter and he had his bag with him. St. Peter said, What's in that bag? He said, That's my gold. I had to bring it with him. And uh, St. Peter said, Oh, I'm glad you got it. We got a pothole over here. We'll just <laughs> fill it, you know. And we don't, but we do take relationships with us. Mm-hmm. You well, know? Yeah. Amen. It says, we, we talked about this. We will know as we're known. Mm-hmm. There's going to be our first is our relationship with the, with the Father through Jesus Christ, and then our relationship with others, yeah. and those are important. And the forgiveness that we have in Him sets that stage for that relationship. You know, speaking of which, um, we've got some very dear listeners in Texas, and one listener in particular who probably will hear this show. Uh, is administrator over a hospital, and he took me to an oncology palliative care hospital uh, where people end of life situations. So I had the privilege of speaking a couple of years ago to the staff, 70-some people, doctors and nurses who give their lives to serve those who are dying. I said, how many here have seen things that make you believe that the soul survives death? Here in this palliative care, end-of-life hospital, how many of you have seen things that make you believe in an afterlife? 100% of the hands went up. Mm -hmm. And some of the doctors, some were Christian, some weren't. Doctors said, um, you know, I'm not a religious person, but let me tell you, I've had patients say, don't you see the room? There's mama. Oh, my, there's daddy. It's my time to go now. And they would expire. And they, I heard story for two hours. We heard stories of how the room would become bright, and patients at their moment of death would say, "Look at the angels, and look, there's the the wall leading up to heaven. We're going up. We're going up." Here's the thing: we believe uh, everything about heaven and Christ, the Savior, by the Word of God. But I think it's very powerful evidence that medical doctors and oncology nurses who've spent their professional life at the bedside of dying people 
will tell you, and I've talked to similar people all around the nation, how they know that there is reunion, there, the soul survives, there's an afterlife. And we're saying this, folks, because the joy of not only knowing Christ for eternity, but walking with Jesus down here, aren't we blessed, guys, to know that relationships survive? Um, and, you know, the family of God, we're going to be together in him. That's why also, Bert, you and I both have done some counseling with churches, trying to help churches that are sometimes troubled. I'll say, listen, y'all better get along because you're going to be in heaven together, you know? <laughs> so thank God for for the family, and that family survives the passing of this world. We're talking about being forgiven, and do you have you had that experience in Christ where you admitted that you're a sinner? The evidence is overwhelming about people being sinners. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, have Read you the noticed? Newspaper. Yeah, well, have you ever noticed children? You don't have to teach them to be disobedient. You don't have to teach them to be <laughs> selfish. I mean, first, one of the first words any child learns is mine. You know, mm. it's selfishness, and it's there. But we have to correct them and help them to learn because we are sinners. Someone said, why are we sinners? We're sinners by birth and sinners by choice. And I'm guilty on both fronts. But through the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, we have that relationship with him that gives us eternal life. Amen. You're gonna, we're going to explore more of You Are Forgiven as Exploring the Word continues here on American Family Radio. You can go tell it everywhere. Go and tell it. Tell everyone that Jesus Christ is born. Tell it. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That is from the scripture found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we are looking there at where to go. I lost it in my trifocals, guys. Uh, 17. Verse 17. Verse 17. My apologies. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. You are forgiven. It is an indisputable uh, truth. It is a fact that you are forgiven if you are in Christ Jesus. Now, that seems like a big if. It should be a capital I and a capital F. But the fact of the matter is, it's not that large of an if, because the if has been conquered mm-hmm. by the love of Christ. And that's, that's, it is that way, but isn't it amazing? Broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many go in thereat. Narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're you remember that old song? We're prone to wander, prone to leave the one we love. We're we're just come thou found of every blessing. We're prone for those things, Mm -hmm. and that's the reason that this 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 I would say this soul has to be conquered. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, 
and that's the reason the Bible says we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The first thing that has to be conquered is self. And, uh, you know, every church that I've pastored, I've known the most difficult member of that church. It was the guy that I looked at every morning in the mirror. Right. Mm-hmm. And, if you know, uh, what was it that John Wesley came over, guys, and he came over to convert uh, the, the, Indians. the Indians? And, oh, who will convert me? Yeah. And, uh, you know, our, our soul, we're stubborn souls. We are. We are. And, uh, you know, it's humbling, but the wisest thing, in fact, the most vital thing we'll ever do is admit that we're sinners mm-hmm. and uh, that we can't save ourselves. And, uh, you know, like you say, John Wesley, he was an ordained minister. Oh, man, yeah. And I think he might have been in Savannah, Georgia or somewhere That's where in he came Georgia. to, yes. And um, he began to have this, uh, you know, conviction over his soul. Um, conviction is a good thing. I, guys, I, I'm a little afraid that... Uh, nowadays, we don't like to talk about guilt, and we don't like to talk about shame. You know, they'll say, you know, don't shame me. Mm-hmm. But there's some things we ought to be ashamed about. I, I'm only speaking for Alex here, but I'll tell you, when I was thinking about my soul at age 21, uh, and the preacher read Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, uh, Pastor F.G. Alford looked at me and said, do you know that you're a sinner? I said, oh, yeah, I know I'm a sinner, <laughs> you know. Right. And uh, listen, the, James says, humble yourselves before God and he will exalt you in due time. If you exalt yourself, you'll be humbled. Yep. But if you'll humble yourself, the good Lord will raise you up. Hmm. I, uh, I've preached on Nebuchadnezzar. And he had that dream about the real tall tree, rush, rush, you know, reaching up, up the into heaven, into the sky, and it was a glorious tree. And it was cut down, and all that was remaining was a stump, you know, with iron around it. And uh, he couldn't figure it out. So he calls Daniel. He says, Daniel, what what have I dreamed? I'm paraphrasing all this. And uh, Daniel kind of makes, he said, do you, his paraphrase is, do you really want to know? Yeah. Mm. And he yeah. said, yeah, I do. And he says, oh, king, you are the tree. And if you don't humble yourself and do justice toward your fellow man, you're going to be cut cut down in your kingdom. And uh, he took it for granted for a year. It's amazing. And on the twelfth year after the after he had had that dream and it was explained, he enters into his city and he says, "Oh, glorious city that I have made! Look at these buildings that I have built. Isn't it to my glory?" And then within that hour, it was cut off. Now here's the. What happened to him, it says he would become like a wild beast, and he went into the fields and started eating grass, and he stayed there. Some people think seven months. Some people think it means seven years. Uh, the way it's worded, I think it's probably years is, is the way I've come up to it. But it says your hair will be like eagles, uh, you know, feathers mm-hmm. all matted together, and your fingernails will be back uh, like eagle's claws. And he stayed that way seven years, but at the end, all of a sudden, he came to himself, and he made this this promise. He said, the God of Daniel and the God who made heavens and earth, he will be exalted, and I exalt him. And then he ends it, and all of those who hold themselves up 
as with pride will be brought low. Yeah. That I love that story because what Alex said earlier, we're either going to be humbled or we humble ourselves. Mm-hmm. And honestly, probably one of the most painful things you'll ever go through is God humbling you. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar, if it was seven years, can you imagine the next kingdom coming over? Now, where's your king? Oh, he's out there eating his grass. Right. And uh, you humble yourselves in the sight of God. He'll exalt you, won't he, Alex? He really will. He really will. And listen, God will give you the desires of your heart. Now, part of that is that he changes our heart and gives us the right priorities. I you know, I really thank God that uh, in his wisdom and mercy, sometimes he doesn't give us the desires of our heart because perhaps at, at a certain time, the thing we crave after is the worst thing for us, you know. Uh, but if you come to Christ, honestly, folks, I mean, you think about this, an infinitely wise, infinitely good God certainly must have a better plan for our life than we could plan for ourselves. Hmm. I mean, the will of God is what you really, really would want for yourself if only we were wise enough to see it. You know, in Romans, the 10th chapter, uh, picking up at verse 9, it says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile, <clears throat> pardon me, Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They, they have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Mm-hmm. You are forgiven. You know, we, we hear what you just said, Bert, Alex, we hear your heart. But we know that we can only be forgiven through Christ. That we talk about Christianity. You know, a lot of folks say that we are the least inclusive religion, quote unquote, that there is. Folks, you don't get any more inclusive than this debt being paid for everyone. The sin debt that was paid at Calvary. You know, it's in uh, the Gospel of John where John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Well, we have the sin, and we are the world. How, how much confidence should we share that knowledge of Christ with those around us, and are we compelled to do that? We are, and, you know, it's not always easy, uh, mm-hmm. but it's always right. Uh, there. You've ever heard that phrase, a word fitly spoken? Mm-hmm. Uh, in an earlier program, we were talking about uh, people, servers at a restaurant mm-hmm. or someone that is doing that and just saying a word, how can we pray for you? Uh, someone, if you're a nurse in the hospital and and someone's going to, to surgery and you said, is there anything I can help you with or pray for you? Uh, you know, it's compounded. Usually it's not one thing or one thing that is said that a person is saved. Mm-hmm. It's usually one built upon another. And so this forgiveness is real. And uh, you know that scripture? It's in Mark chapter 2. And uh, this guy is can't come to Jesus, so four men bring him to him and laid him down through the roof. 
And Jesus said, your sins be forgiven you. And the Pharisees had a fit. They spoke truth, but they didn't know it. Who can forgive sin but God? But God only. That's right. Yeah. But their only problem was they didn't know it was God that was doing that. Right. And uh, Jesus says, you want me to just tell him to take up his bed and walk? And Jesus said, that's easy, too. So he, he told him to, you know, be healed that time. And he was. But Jesus is the one that forgives sins. We are forgiven because of God's payment for us in the sacrifice of his son on the cross. And through that, the forgiveness is available. Now, guys, I do want to get this. Have you ever heard the statement, forgive yourselves? And I know what they mean, but honestly, it's not really forgiving yourself. It's you receiving the forgiveness that's already available to whom much is given, much is required. Uh, You know, now I know it sounds, it's easier to comprehend, oh, I forgive myself. And, but... Watch it. Better than forgiving yourselves is receiving the forgiveness that God has for you and you walking in that. Man, that's freedom. Uh, If it's just me forgiving myself, when I think about it the next time, oh, man, I got to do that again. But if God has set me free or forgiven me, I am free indeed. Mm -hmm. You know, that's real freedom. Well, and and let me say this. A lot of people, we often say this, that, uh, you know, the universe operates within certain laws, the law of gravity and the laws of nature. But there are spiritual laws that are absolutely binding on all people. And, yes, we talk about getting saved and having a relationship with Jesus, and God does love you, and and the, the greatest gift you'll ever give yourself is to let the love of God into your life. But also, let me just say this, that this world, this world is a workshop for the building of saints. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not It's not just a place where we work and live and buy stuff and, you know, uh, go on vacation. You've got to remember the purpose of this world. And God has mercifully created a, a laboratory where saints could be created that would enjoy heaven forever. Okay, now here's the beautiful thing. There are laws in this world. It We've said this, Jim. It is a legal universe. Mm-hmm. Adam and Eve sinned, and that guilt spilled over onto all of their children, i.e. Right. us. All right, so we needed a Savior because of not only our sinful deeds we've done, but just our family status of guilt, right? Colossians 2.14 says Jesus has blotted out the handwriting that was against us. See, when you get saved, yes, you have a relationship with the Lord, and that is sweet and that is wonderful. But the the law of God that was our guilt sentence has been washed away. The penalties, it's like, um, well, (laughs) you're not a sinner anymore. In the eyes of the Lord, you're now a saint. John 15, Jesus said, now I call you friends. Mm. Isn't that amazing? We're now a friend of God. The penalties of this orderly universe that were against us by our own doing and our own guilt, it's all been changed, and now we're in right relationship with God. We're in right relationship with his word and his law. We're not guilty, and we're not even merely innocent. We are who have called on Jesus, and that can be you as well, friend, are now in the eyes of Almighty God 
righteous, and mm. sainted. It's amazing. You know that you started it out, Jim, the reconciliation, mm-hmm. reconciled with God. That Thank means I am made right with him. That which was separating us, right. I mean, separated right. us as far, I mean, it was a huge distance. It's a bridge that man can not span. But God did by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to reconcile us. He made us to come unto him. Mm-hmm. And it was only through Christ. Right. And and the good thing about this, guys, it says in second uh yeah, Second Corinthians chapter three and four, it says he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. We are forgiven. Amen. Right. He's done that. But he permits us to be part of the ministry of reconciliation by sharing Jesus Christ with others and say, you can be right with God. You can have your sins forgiven. You don't have to stay in your sin. Right. That's good news. Well, and it, you know, when you talk about given the ministry of reconciliation, it may take shape in, in forms that we don't recognize or that we don't realize because when we begin to be reconciled and I have, when we come back from the break, I've got another scripture that I want to share that's going to springboard off something you said a little bit earlier. But when we reconcile ourselves to God and we allow God to come and minister to us by his spirit, then we can recon- help someone else walk through reconciliation that may have gone through some of the same things. Amen. You know, we may know someone who was abused, and because of that abuse, they are able to reach out to someone in a way that some of others of us may never may never do that. We won't have that understanding. But by the mercy of God, he has reconciled someone to himself that can help that person walk through that. And uh, we're coming up on the break in just a moment. So, But I'm, I'm going to go to Romans, the fifth chapter, when we come back from this. And we're going to talk about the reconciliation and the freedom from self-guilt that we seem to hold on to for ourselves because that is not scriptural. Uh, It's not. Now, you know, you say one would say we have to forgive ourselves. What we have to do is allow that forgiveness to permeate to our very soul. So stick around. Our next scripture is going to be found in Romans, the fifth chapter, as we continue to talk about you are forgiven as one of our indisputable truths here on American Family Radio's Exploring the Word. I hate to interrupt a great Christmas song. I suppose we must get back to exploring the word. But I got to ask you, what's your favorite Christmas song, Jim? Oh, wow. Is that one of them at least? That That is one of them. Now, mine is not necessarily a classic Christmas song, but, oh gosh, probably 15 years ago or more, 
David Phelps did a Christmas project called Joy. Now, for those of you that don't know who David Phelps is, he sings tenor for the Gaither Vocal Band, of course, Bill Gaither. And he did a solo project called Joy. And on there is a song called Joy. And that is probably one of my absolute favorite. That and one uh, Bart Millard wrote a couple of years ago. uh, And it was was David's, uh, I'm sorry, Joseph's song. Oh, yes. You know, because we yes. have all the songs about Mary. We yes. have all the songs about the cradle. But this was Joseph's it song. Was. I, it was. It was gut-wrenching if yeah. you put yourself in Joseph's place. How so. about you, Alex? You got one? I think I know what it is. Oh, you know, my favorite Christmas song is the first piece of music ever played on radio. The first piece oh, of Holy music. Oh, Holy Night. Oh, Holy Night. Now, it's not because I knew that. It's because it, Alex and I have talked about this Oh, on no. occasions. Uh, I've, I've got dozens. And, and you know, one of our things we do every year, we buy a Christmas record, now a CD. But we I, we have a whole box of Christmas CDs, and I play them all year long. I mean, I'll be playing Christmas CDs in the middle of July. Right. <laughs> but I've got Oh, Holy Night by everybody you can ever think of, because I do <laughs> love that song. Well, I do love Silent Night. One of the greatest trips Jan and I have gotten to make is going to Wagamuth, Michigan. It is uh, kind of a Bavarian, it is Bavarian looking, and they've got the largest Christmas store under one roof. Hmm. And uh, they have a chapel like the one that Silent Night was first sung in there. Wow. And it has Silent Night all around. It is a great vacation place if you want to go up up that way. And uh, But I love Silent Night. The other one that came so good to me is Old Little Town of Bethlehem. Yeah. Uh, when we were able to go to Israel, and we, our group, stayed in Bethlehem. That's unusual. Most people stay in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. We stayed in Bethlehem. And we want, we took a tour of Bethlehem at night. Now, Bethlehem is, at that time, was, you know, it, they had a few occasions for things to go. So we had a one of the store owners there took us on a tour to walk through Bethlehem at night. We went into a restaurant, and it had a plate glass in the back of the uh, restaurant, and you could look out of the plains and just see a light here and a light there. It wasn't the city. And you could just visualize that night when mm-hmm. Jesus was born. And all of a sudden, no little town of Bethlehem became kind of a—it jumped up. It's sort of like the football poles. Uh, it jumped, right. skyrocketed right. up to top ten anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't talk about those for state fans right now. <laughs> hey, i got to tell you this because I know it's near Christmas. And uh, um, Silent Night, written by Franz Gruber and Joseph Moore, M-O-H-R. By the way, you know one of uh, Joseph Moore who wrote Silent Night, one of his descendants lives in Colorado. Hmm. But very famously, it was Christmas Eve, I don't know, in the early 19th century, and the organ was broken. They are going to have a service. So on guitar— they quickly composed a song that is maybe the most beloved Christmas song, Silent Night. Well, um, a lot of people don't know. I think the town is called Helene, H-A-L-L-E-I-N, Helene or Helene, Austria. Uh, that chapel is there, and that guitar is on display. Oh, wow. And in 1965, um, they toured that around the world, and there were these arts federations, and the guitar, I'm told, was actually displayed in New York City at a museum for like part of a year and in part of Canada before it was returned to Austria. But um, 
you know, boy, that's become just kind of a piece of church history. It's just one of the most beautiful songs ever. Silent. Did you get to play it? Oh, I wish. But <laughs> in, in 1965, I was only one. So. Oh, okay. My bad. Um, I missed it. <laughs> No, Alex is a great musician, and he enjoys the guitar. Oh, man. Uh, for those yeah. of you that may not be aware of that. And trivia. And trivia, <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, we're talking about you are forgiven, and it's one of the 12 indisputable truths that we're talking about from the Hope and Encouragement Bible that our friends at Tyndale have provided for us. We're going to be giving some of those away. If you'd like one, please send us an email to word at afr.net, W-O-R-D, at AFR.net, or you can contact us through Facebook and send us a message. And go ahead and include your address, if you would, your shipping address, so that if you, because we're going to draw for those, and should you get one, we want to be able to send it to you. So again, that's word at AFR.net, and we're talking about the Hope and Encouragement Bible. Um, And it's in the New Living Testament. That's a trusted edition. We use it here often um, on Exploring the Word. We've done studies in it before. In fact, we've studied Romans in that particular version. We've also studied the Gospel of John in that particular version and uh, have thoroughly enjoyed those. Well, right now I want to look at when when we're talking about you are forgiven in Romans, the fifth chapter. Mm. Now, I'm going to read this both in the New Living Translation and then I'm going to go back and read it in the New King James Version. Not reading it from the Amplified. I saw that look, Bert Harper. <laughs> but um, so in the, in the New Living Translation, it says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. In the New King James, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The reason I wanted to read that in both versions is because a lot of times we hear justified from the pulpit, and we don't always understand what that means. And, of course, sometimes we oversimplify it by saying justified means just as if I had never sinned. And in actuality, that is the truth because that's what it means to be made right in God's eyes. Mm -hmm. Now, in verse 2, it says, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Bert, Alex, before we were talking about being free from guilt, being free from the shame of that guilt, being free from the, and folks, I'm talking about unmentionable, unspeakable sins that God can forgive us for. And if we confess those sins to him, we'll talk about First John in a moment, but if we confess those sins to him, then he will forgive us those. But that's where we do have to overcome this guilt and accept his forgiveness. We have to understand that we have been made right in God's sight. I love that term, we stand. Mm -hmm. This is where we are. We stand. Uh, justified. We stand in the peace with God. Mm-hmm. I do want to make this and, and say it. You you have to have peace with God before you can have the peace of, of God. Mm-hmm. Peace Thanks. with God has that idea of reconciliation, justification. We have 
had our sins forgiven and you're standing in that forgiveness, the peace of God comes from that relationship where he settles our heart. And Alex refers to it quite a bit, and it's the rest that Mm -hmm. we have in Christ. Mm -hmm. That rest brings peace to our lives. Now, it's not like a peace you find in a cemetery. Okay, you know, people go to a cemetery and it's usually kind of quiet there. You know, it's not that kind of peace. I, I love this peace. I, I I may be wrong, but I, I can visualize it this way. When Jesus was on the ship and the storms came up and those fishermen were scared to death of their lives and they went down in the bottom of the ship, found out Jesus sleeping and they wake up. Do you not care that we're going to perish? And he brings them up and he talks about you of little faith. But then he says, peace be still. And all of a sudden around them, there was a calmness. Now, I I know the whole storm could have settled down, but the way it works in our lives, the storm is still raging all around us, Mm -hmm. but we're at peace where we are in Christ. So I visualize that, guys, with a storm going all around everything, but there's peace in my life. That's what he gives us. It is worth noting that in that scripture, Christ calmed the storm. But then the disciples became even more unsettled <laughs> because then they're saying, who is, who is this, this man? <laughs> so that's a, that as, as Alex said earlier, that's a sermon for another day. The whole thing is the more you, you know of him, the more you are in awe of who he is. Amen. And, and let me just say, you mentioned Romans 5, which is just so beautiful. Romans 4 talks about Abraham justified by faith, declared righteous. Then chapter 5 of Romans begins, therefore, in other words, in light right. of this, we're justified by faith. All right. The most valuable, precious, cherished thing you have is your status of being justified with God. Mm. Now, you might say, well, no, you know, I've got the family antiques or whatever. No, honestly, if you think about it, if you're a Christian, and I'm going to tell you why your justification before God really is the most valuable thing you've got. The word there, justified, made right with God, okay? And I've heard preachers say, and maybe we've all preached it, just as if I'd never sinned, and that's good too. The word there, fascinating word, it is the word from which we get the word plea bargain, And it literally means, and this is an ancient Greek legal word, it means approved by the court. So let's say somebody's in a courtroom and they're guilty. And the judge says, you know, the law does this, but if you'll agree and I'll sentence, you'll you'll be acquitted. Justified. Now, the Bible says we are justified by faith in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Flip side is, if we've not put our faith in Jesus, we are not justified. But you've come to Christ, and just the best way you know how, you say, Lord, I believe. I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. Christ died for me. Christ rose. Lord, I'm trusting you if you'll wash my sins away. Justified. One single word, Romans 5, 1, and yet it means acquitted of all guilt, approved by the court, you're free to go. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. You know, thank Amen. you, Jesus. Amen. Our friend Tim Todd, who's an evangelist with Revival Fires uh, Ministries. Sure. He comes uh, about once a year, and I can remember over the years that he's come and done devotion. One year he brings in this gavel, and this gavel has to be about four foot tall. 
you know, and the the ends the end of it where you would wrap it on the uh, you know on the podium to for whatever the judge would use it for. That thing's got to be eight ten inches you know round, <laughs> mm. and so it's definitely a gavel that gets your attention. But he said that as he went through a particular trial in his life, that the judge took that gavel and he wrapped it on that podium and said, not guilty. That's the same thing that Christ has done through for us through his shed blood, that we are able to stand guiltless before him. And he has tapped that gavel and said, not guilty. Amen, guys. We are, we're on shouting ground. My friend, uh, Bill Stafford, if he was alive, he'd say, y'all hold it. I'm about to have a holy fit. Yeah. And <laughs> this, is, this is who we are. That's why we're doing this program, so you can hear the forgiveness that's available to you. I don't care what your past is. Right. I don't care what your present is. Right now, God has made it possible for you to come to Christ. You Amen. don't have to wait till tomorrow. Today's the day of salvation, yeah. guys. We are forgiven in Christ and in Christ alone, only through faith, only by grace, only by Christ. It's not possible any other way. And, and you know, uh, I can't promise you that you're never going to have troubles right. no. as a Christian. I promise you will. You can be the most <laughs> godly, faithful follower of Jesus, and you still might get sick. You still might experience financial reversals. I mean, look, I cannot promise you a trouble-free life, but I can promise you this based on the Word of God as a believer— you stand right with the Lord. And death, whenever it comes, heaven forbid, a car wreck takes you out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're look, we're all going to die. Right. Um, I mean, that, and that's not being morbid. That's just being realistic. By one way or another, our, our own mortality will come knocking one day. We all have a Best Buy date. <laughs> yeah, <you> Best Buy. <laughs> and Hebrews 9.27 says God knows when it is. That's I mean, right. look, the Lord Almighty... That's just why I want to say this. It's vital that you're hearing this program right now because God knows the day that you will leave this world and enter eternity. Mm. And God wants you to be ready. And God loves you. And you can stand forgiven by, as Romans 5, put your faith in Jesus and you are in the eyes of the Lord right. Guys, I've got one more scripture that I want to share um, along the lines of you are forgiven. First John, the first chapter. Listen to how this is laid out. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, the life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was the Father and manifested to us, that which we have seen, heard and declare to you, that you may also have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. I go back to acquittal. I go back to no more guilt. I go back to no more self-loathing. Hallelujah. These things we write unto you that your joy may be full. Don't miss out on this. This is the greatest news in all the world. It's not just good news. It is the greatest news that you can have forgiveness and have eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Guys, to be forgiven, listen, I'm amazed that he can and he does forgive us. Amen. 
Well, like the angels said in Luke 2, glory to God on the highest. And we thank God. Thank you for listening. Jim Stanley, Bert Harper, Alex McFarland. Thank you for listening to the American Family Radio Network. Tell somebody about AFR and Exploring the Word. But most of all, tell everybody about Jesus. 